0: listening to Mastering Retention, presented by UserWise. Hi, everyone. Uh, Welcome to today's episode of the Mastering Retention podcast. I'm Tom Hammond, your host, uh, co-founder and CEO of UserWise. Um, Today, uh, we've got a really special guest. We've got Hadrian Carpentier from uh, OBB, uh, which uh, makes a game... Uh, Frag Pro Shooter, which if you haven't played it, you should check it out. It's like one of the only shooters where I can actually like kill some people. So if you really suck at FPSs, you know, it's a good way. I'm not actually sure that I'm not facing bots. So, you know, who knows, but if they are, they've done a really good job of fooling me. Uh, So it's uh, a really fun game, a super interesting take on, on FPS and um, I'm just really delighted to be able to talk with Hadrian about all things, uh, you know, mobile shooters and things, you know, we've been seeing more and more of these games pop up and continue to grow. So I think it's something that's on a lot of people's minds and uh, digging in will be super fun and, and learning, you know, what are some things we could take away from those into other genres uh, will be very fun to do today, too. So uh, before we dive into that, though, Hadrian, uh, I'd love to just uh, have you just give a little bit of your background. You know, how did you get to where you are today? How did you get into gaming yeah.
1: Well, what's your story? Well, uh, nice to meet you, Tom. Thanks a lot for, for having me uh, on the podcast. I'm, I'm really thrilled to, to participate to, to my first podcast uh, ever. So <laughs> thank you very much for that. Um, so I I, I I come from a, an artistic background uh, originally. Uh, I was, uh, I was uh, an illustrator and an animator. I, I've, I've worked uh, in Japan in my very early years uh, when I was a... Uh, 25, uh, 26. Uh, That's where I learned how to work hard and play hard. Uh, It was a really great time there. Um, And then then I've been an art director for a few years, uh, working in animation, in the advertisement, uh, etc. I learned a lot from that uh, as well. And um, I I decided to to create uh, my first small video game studio in 2014. although I didn't really have any experience uh, in video game uh, at the time, apart from being a, a player and, and a video game enthusiast. Um, and uh, it was a great adventure. I, I did that for for five years with, with my uh, associate uh, and, and partner, uh, and, uh, who was a, a great developer. And after five years of ups and downs and, um, and lots of learnings, uh, I, I decided to, to, we decided to move on, both of us, uh, uh, and um, I had the chance to, to meet uh, uh, the guys at uh, OBB uh, who offered me uh, this great opportunity to, to become a, a game lead uh, on Fry Pro Shooter um, and uh, which uh, I I very uh, gladly uh, took th- this chance and uh, and uh, it's been two years now and uh, it's, uh, I'm having a great time there.
0: Yeah, so before we get into OBB, um, yeah, would you say Lords EO was the most popular game, you know, with your spin time?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Tell us about yeah. that game, you know, what was it about and, and where did that idea come from?
1: Well, actually, I must uh, confess that the original idea of Lords EO uh, came from my girlfriend, uh, and she, she's the one who actually had the this uh, this great idea, and uh, that that we expanded later on. Um, uh, it was uh, original idea was to she she, she was playing uh, Agar the Tayo uh, quite a lot at the time, uh, and she just pictured it like like what if Agar the was instead of being these uh, colored side, circles moving around. What if you were uh, an army of zombies, for instance, and like trying to eat each other, uh, you know, and, and, and to make your zombie army grow? Uh, and we thought, oh, okay, that, that's super fun. And uh, we, we, we followed up on that idea. And as I was a big fan of a strategy game, like uh, Age of Empires, uh, uh, we thought, okay, w- why not take that idea and make it into like more of a medieval strategy? Uh, kind of game where you could have different types of soldiers uh, you know like infantry archers and dragons etc and we, we we started off with that and um, it had been like the studio had been created maybe for three years and we were looking for new ways to to I mean to have a, a breakthrough because uh, you know our first games were, were, were not that successful and um, and and we we Honestly, at the time, it was really like a, a kind of Final Fantasy situation, like, like where we had like almost zero money on our bank account. And and we thought, okay, let's just give it one last shot. You know, like we make a prototype. We, we do it in one month. We put it on the on a website because it's an IO game. So we can go on the web. We don't even go on mobile. And we see how it goes. And if it works let's continue if it doesn't you know let's just call it the day and and in the first months we had like maybe one million users on 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 web with thanks to great youtubers and influencers who who took the game and and made videos about it and uh and 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 then we we continued and in the end after a few years uh, maybe two three years we had uh, more than 10 million players uh, uh, on, on web and mobile combined. And uh, without, without having any marketing budget whatsoever, like we didn't spend a, a dime in user acquisition because we didn't have any money. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a great adventure. Uh, and it was great for creativity to kind of create a new gameplay like that. Um, and we learned a lot from it i mean it was a, it was a success definitely uh, but we also made tons of mistakes uh, and we we and we learned so much from it. it it was really great yeah so you know what are maybe
0: two or three things that you learned that have been most impactful to your career in games
1: you know from your experience with lords um, the first thing i learned is um, how is kind of how, how to do growth hacking basically it's like okay we don't have any marketing budget we 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 have almost zero money in the bank how can we get at least 1 million users uh, and we're just three guys in a garage right uh, where at a time where mobile gaming was already pretty you know uh, uh, you know still strong mm-hmm. and it was the entry ticket was pretty expensive already um, i mean it was 2017 2018 yeah. um so I thought, okay, how can we get some visibility? That, that was my main focus. How do we get users, How a large volume of users? Um, and I thought, okay, I, I used to be a big fan of web games at, at the time. And that, that's kind of why I, I, I thought we could make it into gaming uh, in the first place. So I thought, okay, all these companies that started off on the web, they all kind of moved on to mobile. And now yeah. they're really big on mobile, but they kind of, uh, deserted the 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 web yeah. uh, thing, you know. It's kind of yeah. there is a space here, you know, and it's cheap. Uh, it's easy to to get there. Mm-hmm. So I identified um, IO games were were big on the web at first. So I thought, okay, we should go for IO games. Um, so what we what we did first is that we made an IO game called uh, Squad.io, which is a 3D I.O. game, it's a shooter game. And we thought, okay, we're going to make an I.O. game, but we're going to make it better than others. We're going to make it look better with a different art style. You know, you know, the, the I.O. art style is kind of flat design, yeah. mm-hmm. very simple. And we thought, no, we're going to make it better, you know, because we, we're, we know better. And, um, and it didn't work. Like, I mean, it worked. We did maybe one million player in total, but it was not really a success. And for the second one, I thought, you know, let, let's just be user-centric in our approach. Why, why does this successful AI game share the kind of the same artistic directions? Because people like it, and people recognize themselves into that art style, and, and it talks to them. So let's try that. And that's what we did with lords.io, and the, the, the right art style plus a cool gameplay, um, and, and it, it worked really well. So, That's one of the main things I learned is how to do growth hacking, how to be user centric before you even start your project is think about your users, even, you know, before you start the project, because if you think about your users too late, it's just going to be too late. (laughs) Uh, So our motto at first uh, was we want to do the games that we want to play. That's what we were thinking at first, but then we completely changed that and, and we, we want to make the games that the players want to play. And th- that was really the key to our modest success that, that, that we had. Um, and then maybe one other big thing I learned was about gameplay, uh, is that when you make a gameplay, especially in that genre of I.O., it should be youtube Because if you want influencers to pick up on your game and you don't have money for user acquisition, it, it has to be fun to watch. You know, even if you're not playing, and in order to be fun to watch, your game must have a lot of twists. You know, it, <laughs> it's true. Also, when you play a game, you like to have twists. But if yeah. you watch a game, it's even better. You know, so and that's why guard the Tayo totally understood that, and 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 we try to understood why in guard that Tayo there is a lot of twists. And and the fact that there is a twist is that if you become bigger in a battle you become smaller, and uh, you, you you sorry you, you become uh, slower, and so you have to take a risk to keep uh, uh, imp- uh you know uh, progressing in the game, and yep. that was the key for us. Is like when you have this huge army facing a kind of middle sized army, and suddenly he makes a mistake, he takes a risk, and the other small guy like kind of. Uh, uh, uses this to his advantage and wins the game. And that's the best you can have. So twist is super important in the gameplay. Yeah,
0: that's super interesting. So, you know, you've got this art background, which I'm extremely jealous about. I can only draw like a mangled stick figure. Um, But, you know, you you tried to innovate on the art and it didn't work. Um, You know, is that something where, you know, like let's say you're tasked with making a casual match three game or a casual narrative game, you know, going away from that, are you going to be like, well, the art probably needs to be fairly similar to the other narrative or the other match three games that they're out there or like, when should you or could you get away with innovating on that art style or like what's the right way to approach that because obviously if you spend a lot of time specking out the art and it's completely wrong that's a, a huge waste of time and investment
1: yeah yeah well i, I would say uh it's more about um uh, uh, i mean everything most of most of the things or art or gameplay they, 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 they've been done already so it's more about uh it's, it, we're not going to reinvent the wheel every time we make a game you know, or, or mm-hmm. we, well, we make uh, some art direction for a game. Uh, so for me, uh, I understood that later. It's like when I was a, when I was an art director, when I was going to work for a client, the first thing I would do is try to understand the needs of my clients. And somehow it's the same thing as being user-centric. So it's not really about what art style I, I like the most. It's about what kind of audience do I want to make a game for? Once I understood that, uh, I mean, it's my decision at first. Okay, I want to talk to these kind of people. Okay, m- maybe I want to make a, a strategy, medieval strategy game, and 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 my entry point is IO game. So, what do IO players like in terms of art style? And let's respect that. You know, let's understand that art style. Why they like it? Because First reaction, most people, when, when you, you show them, again, oh, it's kind of ugly, you know, it's very simple. <laughs> and, but it's not that simple, actually. It's not ugly. It's, uh, it's actually very refined. And, uh, um, but, you know, for, for a guy who was working in Japanese animation before, he was, my first reaction <laughs> was like that. But then I took the second look and I tried to understand why is it not ugly, why, why is it interesting? And once you understand those fundamentals, uh, you you can build on that, and you can iterate on that, and make that style uh, improve, and you can grow on that. So, uh, and somehow it's a it's a collaborative process amongst all the creators uh, of IO games. You know, we mm. inspire each other, uh, and we, we share things, we steal things sometimes, and, and <laughs> you know, and uh, that that's. Uh, what you know, I'm going to show off a bit, but with a, a, a citation uh, like like from uh, Picasso, he says, uh, you know, good artists they they um, they 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 steal, but great artists they they pillage. You know, like, like they they really take all the ideas from their all the, from their peers and they make it better, but they are not ashamed of uh, really getting inspired from from others.
0: That's fantastic. Cool. Well, you know, let's switch gears a little bit and, and talk about Obibi and, and Frag Pro Shooter. So um, you came in as, you know, game lead and stuff like, uh, you know, what is Frag Pro Shooter about? Um, how did they take this audience first approach to, you know, really understand. I mean, like launching a game in 2019 for FPS, there was already a number of other ones on the market and stuff. So, you know, how have you guys been able to find success and and navigate that into, you know, a a pretty successful game?
1: Yeah. um, Well, first I I should say that I was not sure when they launched the game at first. so, So, Although now I can say Frag is, is like my baby and I put so much of, of energy into it. And, but I was not there when they had the first ID. Uh, they explained it to me. So from what I understand is at the time when, when they first thought about it, it was in 2017, early 2017. There was not so many cool shooter games, especially first-person or self-person shooter, shooting games on, on mobile at the time. Uh, There were some projects we we, we could imagine that there was a trend it it was going to arrive Um, but but and and in the same time they observed that there were a lot of really great shooting games on pc and console and there was a huge community for that but they were thinking okay these kind of players they're more like you know mouse and keyboard and and they're not going to move towards the, the mobile devices but we were also seeing mobile uh, devices' uh, performances getting better and better and better. So we thought these audiences might move to to, to the mobile device in, in the future pretty quickly. So the OBB founders thought, okay, there is an opportunity there to, to, to be early on, on this kind of uh, uh, genre on, uh, on mobile. Um, and also to have a lot of fun uh, uh, developing a game like that on mobile, it's, it's super fun um, to create this kind of gameplay. And so they they tried to adapt uh, the the genre of shooting to the mobile devices in terms of controls, in terms of camera, um, in terms of uh, gameplay, and 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 also very importantly in terms of session length. You know. Uh, you know, that uh, uh, session lengths on mobile are usually much shorter um, than on PC and console. Um, so they, they try to make it like, like okay, you can play a short session, but still do a full game. You know, you can play five minutes. It's okay. Uh, you, you, you have time to, to really finish a game. Uh, fun. Yeah,
0: that's great. Have you done any sort of growth hacking on Frag since you've kind of taken
1: it over? <laughs> um. Not really, uh, not really. I, I, I became more traditional, uh, I think. But uh, I've seen your post, I think, this morning on LinkedIn about growth hacking uh, and about how we can, uh, uh, you know, use uh, maybe in-game um, incentive for players to invite their friends or to, yeah. to have much more social interactions. And, um, and it really reminded me uh, of where I came from, and <laughs> that somehow it was kind of comfortable to think, "Okay, we have user acquisition budget. We have all these things now, and we we've done some things, you know, like uh, like you can send a code to invite a friend and you would get a small gift. We have those little things, but I think I really think we can go much further than this in the future,
0: yeah. We should collaborate on that. So oh, yeah. for folks that uh, aren't, aren't listening, the random idea I had, and I think it was like one of my shower ideas, which you can have a lot of great, great thoughts uh-huh. there, yeah. um, was, you know, just this idea that we've come and just become so reliant on, on paid UA and mobile. Mm-hmm. And, and I get it you know, if you have LTV over the, you know, CPI, sure. I put a dollar in and I get a dollar 50 out or whatnot. Um, but over time I always see those CPIs go up and, you know, you know, what are we doing to actually keep those people around? And so I I just kind of became fascinated with this idea of like, you know, well, I I've been playing a a lot of League of legends, wild rift lately. Um, Also, a game. It was much more evident when I went from bots to regular players because I was like, "Oh, I'm doing great," and then <laughs> smoked. Uh, it was like, you know, not quite the like the first time I played League of Legends on you know proper, but it was still pretty pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, so I've been playing this, and I was like, you know, what would be very interesting? What if they had like a unique skin for you know? whatever champion I'm playing, and I can only get that by inviting a friend or, you know, even putting a time limit on that. You've got a week to invite Mm -hmm. a friend and get them in to get this unique skin. Otherwise, it's gone forever. Um, And yeah, and and if you tie that to like a friend's engagement or something like, you know, World of Warcraft has this refer a friend thing, which uh, I started playing World of Warcraft with my wife. Um, which has been a, a really fun, interesting experience. Never thought she would play with me. Like definitely not not a WoW player, um, but I, I'm like rediscovering WoW. But like, we've got like a, a 12 month long like journey to like unlock all the rewards. We're, we're pretty far away from that. I don't know if we'll get there, but um, yeah, like like month nine, you get this like uh, ship thing that you can like fly in, and your you know friend can fly with you but that is tied to like deep engagement. Like talk about keeping that person retained and engaged in there of like, Oh, I I want my thing. So I'm going to like keep you engaged, but the game is also more fun because I'm playing with my friends. Um, So just very fascinated with this idea of growth hacking and, you know, what are some ways that we could like implement that? And so I, I don't know what all customizations and stuff could be unlocked within frag and stuff, but like, if you've got something, truly awesome and the only way to get that awesome thing is by like inviting a friend it's almost like a badge of honor and you know
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we've been thinking about tons of things like that i, I think your, your skin idea is very cool because it's quite easy to make i mean we already have tons of skins in the game some of them are super cool uh some of them you, you can get only uh by paying some of them you can get by grinding um mm-hmm. So I think the skin ID would work very well, and it would be a quick win because it would be pretty easy to implement. Um, and then we're also thinking about having much more social, um, like events, uh, where where you would really get an advantage by bringing your friends in. Um, we could have maybe tournaments as well with maybe some cash prizes. Um, I mean, so there's tons of ways we could do it, um, and. The, 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 so, so, we're working on it. Um, but I'm, I really like those kind of very simple ideas, you know, because it, it and it's really a good way to to make a proof of concept at first to say, okay, look, we, we tried that; it was very easy, and you know, it worked super well. So, and, and then in the future, it makes us think, okay, l- let's go further, let's invest more into these kind of features uh, that, that that will have a great impact. And, and I'll also say a word about engagement uh, and long-term engagement uh, because that's really something we learn like kind of the hard way. Um, uh, like, like it took us so long to, to, to realize that the really key metrics for a game like Fry, which is kind of a mid-core, casual mid-core game, um, is long-term retention. It's like you should at least look at your day 365 re- re- retention, yeah. which we didn't do at all for, for, for a long time. Um, and I mean, I'm not blaming anyone except maybe myself about this. You know? And um, when, you know, and suddenly you start digging into it, there's a little thing that makes you f- feel like, oh, but maybe there's something here. And you start digging and suddenly you realize there is like, tons of articles talking about that 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 are like maybe five years old and and, and that a lot of people already know it in the industry and, and you feel like, my God, we, we didn't realize that and, and we are doing okay, but uh, um, how come we understand that so late? So um, I think it's really about uh, uh, not giving up and, and trying to always uh, there's always something to discover, really. You, you never get it hundred percent, you know, uh, maybe we get 20% of what's going on, you know? And so there's so much more we can do.
0: So, so that's a good question that I'm sure everyone in the industry is listening to. Um, and, and I remember I, I saw a post from, from one of my friends one time, and this was when clubhouse was really blowing up a few months ago. And he just goes, when do people have all this time to get on clubhouse? Like I'm trying to, you know, do my job and, like, work all day and, and, and uh, you know, people are on, on Clubhouse and stuff, um, but there's there's a lot of information that is out there about all sorts of things. Like, if you want to, you know, learn anything and you're willing to watch, you know, 100 hours of GDC talks, you could probably, you know, get the hours worth of stuff that you're, you know, looking for, but, like, where do you go as a game lead who needs to stay on top of industry trends and, you know, understanding things like where do you learn about things to like keep, you know, frag alive and, and growing and, and really thriving? Like what, what's yeah. your secret?
1: <laughs> well, um, <laughs> well, I, I don't know the secret. If there is <laughs> one, I, I don't know it, but uh, I, tr- I figured out maybe the small parts of it. Uh, I think, uh, what I try to do is that uh, I, I try to read at least a few articles every week, and and and, and to um, uh, and, and to follow a trend. Oh, okay, I'm going to say, okay, this month maybe I'm going to be more interested in the subject of long-term retention, for instance. Okay, so let's try to read at least one or two articles this week about this, and then during this month I will dedicate maybe one full day on this. Uh, you know, and take some notes. So then I w- I'm going to learn a lot from that. And then what I would do is that I would involve my team as much as possible because it's impossible for me to read uh, like 100 articles this month. But if I put the 10 people on my team and we each read 10 articles and then we share the info when we, we, we've we read 100 articles altogether and it makes them grow as well. Yeah. you know, um, so I, I I try to do that. It's not always easy because they are all very busy as well. Uh, but um, if involving the team is is crucial, I think here, um, and that, that's why we, we try to have a very collaborative process for creativity for game design, etc. We, we don't have game designers in, in our team, mm. uh, but we collaborate a lot and and. Uh, It can be tricky to do that at first, because sometimes people (laughs) disagree a lot. uh, It's hard to align people. But if you do it the right way, it can be super powerful.
0: So I imagine that a bunch of ears just perked up when you said you don't have any game designers. Um, How do you guys manage the complexity of, let's say, like your economy or some of your more systems designs that you typically really rely on, on game designers for?
1: yeah well um we are looking for an economy game designer to 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 come and help us now because we we, we understood the importance of having some people who are fully dedicated to that Uh, but um well i mean the game lead handles uh, a big part of, of designing the game and designing the economy um and and as i said i try to also involve my team as much as i can so in terms of game design, um, what I would do is organize a workshop. Basically, every three months, um, I would uh, and I would prepare the workshop by sending a presentation to my team and saying, "Okay, in this workshop, I would like to focus on this and this and this." So I give a some kind of frame, you know, like where people don't go in every direction. We kind of align. Ourselves on some subjects, like not too many, and then I just say, okay, um, make some feature proposals for every um, uh, theme that that we should uh, uh, focus on. And please make some proposal It's not mandatory. If you don't want to, you don't have to. And you should. Your proposal should be one slide, five minutes. You know, no details. You know, just the big idea. If your ID is the same as someone else, it's a good thing. You know, it doesn't mean you need a copy or anything. It means we're aligned, you know. It it, it means if if we're five people have the same ID, maybe it's a good idea, you know. Um, um, And also I tell them, try to have a very open-minded approach, you know. Don't try to, um, when someone proposes an ID, don't try to explain why it's not going to work, you know try to instead try to exp- try to find why it could work. Even if you don't believe in the idea, try to force yourself. Why, why would this be a good idea? Um, especially in an early stage, brainstorming, you have to be open-minded when, when but when you're making the future and when you're polishing the future, that's where you should be very criticizing and try to break it. But w- when you begin with the idea you're brainstorming, you should be very open-minded. Everything's possible. So, we do that and then we end up having like 60 slides, you know, or 70 slides with so many ideas. And, and then we we vote, everybody votes. Uh, and, and then we decide together what we're going to make. And then my job is to come up with a roadmap for like say the next six months. Okay, we're mm-hmm. going to do this, we're going to do that. And maybe sometime we're not going to do something that someone proposed. But if we're not going to do it, I'm always able to explain why we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I never put anything in the trash. I put things in the fridge uh, because ideas are biodegradable. Maybe you're, maybe you, we can pick up that good <laughs> idea in six months and, and you can change it a little bit and it's going to work. You know? So it has two benefits is that uh, we have much more ideas that, than just one game designer or one game lead. You know, we have so many creativity because we're ten brains instead of one. Um, and the second, and and also we moderate each other. You know, uh, we um, uh, and and the other great advantage is that it aligns people uh, and it empowers them. You know, so you can tell your developers, okay, you're not just a developer; you're also a game designer uh you, you you're also a player you're you know, so and then people are, are much happier to be part of it because they're really part of it they're, they're not just doing what you tell them to do
0: yeah that's really great so you know you've got these ideas and and i love that and i actually think this could be something that a lot of teams even with with game designers could probably use because you can never have enough ideas um how do you effectively know, you know, which features to make? Because I I think the worst thing that I've seen happen or, well, there's a couple of cases. So the the worst possible case is I spend two, three months making a feature and nobody cares and nobody uses it. And it just, you know, doesn't affect the message. And then, you know, the second worst one, and and I talk about this a lot, you know, when we're like taking people through user-wise and stuff and designing live ops features and things, which is, you know, you release something and you see engagement go up. You're like, that's a win. Yeah. And then like two months later, it's right back down again because players are like, oh, it's just that thing again. I don't care. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how do you figure out what features I should, you know, actually create? Like, um, I I actually think I talked about this earlier today, but um, there's three pillars that I like to think about whenever I'm making a feature, which is like. Um, analytics, you know, first and foremost, like, what are my players doing? Uh, a cool trick that i found is, what are they doing in my game after they've done like the mandatory things? Because sometimes you get people that will look at the analytics, and they'll be like, well, everyone must love this thing, because they're doing it. But if you actually dig in a little bit, you're like, well, they're only doing that because it's the daily quest. And yep. nobody, nobody does that after they've like got their you know reward checkbox and stuff. So, you know, after all those like checkbox and things, what are the players actually doing in the game? Because that's probably the thing that they actually enjoy and they actually find fun in your game. Yeah. Um, those other analytics can be useful too, but um, that's a little trick that I found. You know, the second one is community, uh, which is like. You, you've you just got to be listening all the time. Like, what are your players saying? What's your customer support hearing? Um, a, a little trick that I like to use is we've got these like segmented surveys so you can, you know, filter and see like, what did my paying players say versus non-payers or, you know, level 1,000 players versus like my new players and just really get a, a clear picture of like, what is everyone kind of wanting and thinking about and saying and stuff? And then the third piece, which is just your gut, um, you know, what do you think is the right thing to do? Like I, you know, if you've got a game that is very pay to win and your gut says long-term, I need to get this away from pay to win. Like short-term, your analytics are going to tell you, Oh, that's, that's a really bad choice that we're going to lose, you know, a lot of money in the short term, but you kind of trust the gut and say, well, long-term, I know that if I can get over this hump so that everyone feels comfortable spending a little bit, you know, our revenue can be much, much higher and our audience can be much, much larger. Um, but that's kind of the, the 3 pillars. So, like, do you use those as well? Do you have some different mantra? I'd love to like hear like what your take is on things.
1: Well, yeah, mostly definitely. Like, like we use those three pillars. Although I, I must say that we still don't know exactly what are the personas of our players, and we're working on this at the moment. Um, um, and but we still have a long way to go to 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 be really great at this. Um, and, and we're doing it now. Uh, and I think the first step is to understand that, that you need to do it and, and to start <laughs> with it. Um, so yeah, we, we use those three pillars. Um, when we do the workshop, the, the, the first thing I do to at least make sure this idea is not too bad or, or is that every proposition, I mean every every proposal should should has at least one reference from the top 10 grossing mobile action game. Yeah. So, I send the, the the list of the top ten or top one hundred, uh, uh, grossing games on mobile that in our category, and I say, if you make it, if you take an idea, but basically you should just play these games, and and you will find ideas. You you, you will make connections with our yep. game, and you will think, wow, why don't we do that? It's super cool, and we should do it. So it's kind of a proof of concept before we go into development and and start mm-hmm. spending some some uh, some. Uh, cost, you know, on, on this, um, we start also to do some surveys with our players, but we're still at the beginning of this. And our community uh, management uh, team is uh, trying to listen and 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 filter all the feedback from the community. But I try to protect my developers from from <laughs> being in direct contact with the community because when I arrived in the team, uh, it was very uh, destructive for them sometimes. You know, because when you read one bad comment on your game, you need 10 good comments to feel better exactly. after that, you know. And and usually the people who are the most vocal on the community are not the, the people who enjoy, you know, and, and they, they, there's a lot of negative comments. So, um, uh, so the community management team is doing a great job filtering all this, trying to find out what's the most important thing, We even use some algorithms sometimes to analyze all the comments on the store and to see, okay, that's which word comes up the most, and we could see, okay, we had issues with disconnections, you know, because it's a multiplayer game. Um, We had issues with uh, stability of the game, uh, bugs, etc. And then we start understanding what's, where are our weaknesses, weaknesses. But in the end, uh, you know, it's it's. and we try to look at the player journey mm-hmm. uh, for as long as possible, um, but in the end, it's it's very hard to have a definitive answer to, to say, okay, I know exactly what my player would like to do, and also because there is not only one type of player. Yeah. You know? um, so, one one of the thing I can give you an example of one feature that we released that was a really a game changer. Uh, it was the uh, the trophy road. Uh, we did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one year and a half ago, uh, it was one of the first big, big features that I, I, I managed to push as a, as a game lead, yep. um, and um, uh, we got inspired from uh, the uh, Clash Royale trophy world. And instantly, we saw our retention numbers and our average battle uh, per day jump like twenty percent, like like overnight. So. That was the best thing. And what we understood is that you know it's like in life, basically, or or when 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 a player is in your game, he needs to set some long-term goals. And and once he's got these long-term goals, he needs to break those down into short-term goals. And it's all about pacing after that. Yeah. So you can A B test, okay, longer pacing, shorter pacing, what works best. Um, but once because before that, people were just playing battles after battles. Um, and, you know, they were kind of in, in a void of, you know, just playing battles and battles. And once we put the trophy road, they had a vision of where they were going. Um, and it, it worked super well, so. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's great.
0: Um, So let's talk about, you know, FPS just add a little bit of... Uh, Higher level type, um, you know, for for folks that are listening that maybe want to make FPS games on mobile or uh, are making a different you know genre on mobile, like what are some trends that you've seen in you know FPS over the last let's say six months to a year um, that are, are are notable? Well, the the
1: the the FPS game that you. Mm. Pressed me the most, but uh, well, it's a bit older than one year. But uh, is um, uh, Call of Duty Mobile. Mm. Uh, I mean, I was so impressed by, by this game. Uh, and uh, obviously, they have a very big team and a lot of uh, resources to to do it. But when it was released, it had everything. You know, uh, it had all the different game modes, like like. And like endless trophy roads and, and uh, content, like equipment and the, the controls were amazing. Graphics as well. There was already a huge community of players from PC, and they actually managed to make these uh, these players move to to mobile devices, which was you know it was a bet. You know, so I mean, it was not yeah. uh, sure that it was going to go this way. Um, so I was very very impressed by by this game um, the quality uh, the economy was also the, the transition they made to free to play was was uh, was very well uh done so um, um so yeah there is a uh, this game and um Uh, And I think Garena also, I was pretty impressed by the numbers uh, and and the quality of the graphics, the characters, the the UI, uh, uh, all the mechanism, you know, in in the meta game uh, really makes you want to play more and more. And uh, yeah, I I think from my point of view in frag, we we still have uh, uh, quite some, you know, quite a long way to go to reach that kind of... uh, of quality, uh, that kind of level, but but at least w- when I think about it, I always feel like it's at least they're showing us the way somehow. You know, you know, there's so many things we can do. So, you know, I mean, the worst case scenario is when you don't know what's going to be your next step. Like you have no idea how am I going to make this game better? <laughs> but at least we have so so much things we can do.
0: Yeah, I remember the first time I played Call of Duty Mobile, um, and and. I- I was kind of expecting the like two little joysticks on uh, yeah, which which is what most other shooters did. And then call of duty mobile has like the full, like half of the screen that you can go by. And like, I've played some games with like the little joysticks and I don't know, like if I'm just doing it wrong, but like my thumb always like ends up up yeah, here right. and like, then I need to click something and like, it just yeah. doesn't work. But like call of duty mobile, I don't know if like the sensory stuff is just like perfect, but like, the controls just work and that inherently made it such a better like mobile shooting experience yeah for me like more than anything i was just so amazed by that and blown away um
1: yeah yeah Yeah. and 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 you can also choose different types of controls like like you know you have for like pro players or more simple oh, yeah. control, mm-hmm. auto aim, et cetera. You, you can move the, the position of the joystick. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I mean, we, we never took the time to actually rework our control because it, it, it worked pretty well, but yeah. that's something I would like to do in the future, you know, and, and, uh, the basics of your game after mm-hmm. a few years, yeah. even though it's, it's working pretty well, like, like, try to rework the basics it's always dangerous because you might break something um but you can a b test it and uh, you know and when you see what what these guys are, are, have made you know you, you know it's, we, we can do better than, than what we have now always do better yeah i remember i
0: had uh Uh, kieran from Firescore uh interactive on the podcast one time talking about hyper casual games and Mm -hmm. um one of like his first hit games that they released with crazy labs was uh cut the soap um kind of like asmr just like a pleasant you know cutting things off yeah um Mm -hmm. and you know at, at the end of every episode i i do ask for like a tip on you know retention um and he shared a tip with me that kind of blew me away a little bit because they already had like really great like day one was like 40 50 percent and and in order to cut the soap you had to drag your finger down with the knife then you had to release your finger and like start again to like keep cutting it um and their change was you no longer have to move your finger off so you can just go up and down that one little thing boosted their day one retention by like three or four percent yeah. Wow. And it's just like that simple nature of like making it easier to control and engage with, like mm-hmm. just felt so much better to the players, which yeah. I, I just found, you know, kind of blew me away when he was talking about that. So um, super interesting.
1: What are some like? I mean, how, yeah, I mean, it's it's very. How can you figure that out? You know, you have to try it. I mean, yeah. it's almost impossible to just you know come up with the idea and make sure and be sure that it's going to work. <laughs> Oh, I know. So you have to try things, you know.
0: I love it. Yeah, that that's the great thing about our industry is we can just try so many different things. And as our games get larger populations, we can try so many more things all at once. Um, so just constantly learning. I, I love everything yeah. that we're able to do. Um, yeah, thinking about, you know, shooters again, you know, are there some features or things that we can learn from them? Like let's say I'm running a, I don't know, Royal match. It's a, a new game. that's kind of up and coming, which is doing a great game, but like there's really not much different from that, from like some of the other like match three games, but it's blowing up and people love it. Um, but like, what are some things that like they could learn from FPS that you might be able to bring to the match three understanding that audiences are different and things, but like, you know, is it, the social idea, the competitive idea? Like, are there, you know, some learnings that you could say, hey, we should, you know, pay attention to this because this is one of the main drivers of the growth in FPS that other games should be thinking about?
1: Yeah, I think um, maybe what Royal Match, I am i don't know the game very well, but I think maybe one one of the aspects they, they took from FPS was the multiplayer aspect uh you know like the pvp aspect is that is that correct Uh, i think
0: they have pvp in there it's like it's 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 like it's like a match three and then you like decorate your castle but you don't even get to pick the decorations like you do in like homescape it's like they it's like predefined like i can't figure out why i actually find that game fun because i really don't like casual games but like i'll still just like play it and stuff um it's just a really smooth mechanic again like smoother than most of the other ones i think that's why i stick around and play but um fairly basic game but i guess more more than the game itself i'm just trying to understand like from fps like what are the the main like psychological drivers of like players coming back and and wanting to play fps because like you do have day 365 retention so like why are players sticking around for so long? Like, what yeah. is it about Frag or FPS that are keeping them
1: around? Well, the first, I mean, we've in, increased our retention, our long term retention, uh, little by little. Uh, and we're still trying to increase it. We're, and we really focused on that for a while. And the idea was to um, give the game some depth, you know. Uh, it, it's, it was not about giving complexity. It was about giving depth. Mm-hmm. Um, so the game itself remains pretty much the same, but but you give players a sense of progression and a sense that they will unlock something new. Even after one year of playing the game every day, they might attain something new that they couldn't attain mm-hmm. before, which gives them another goal. Uh, like because. And I'm not sure we quite have that yet, like after one year that you can really unlock something new, but that's really what we're aiming for. Um, And and by doing that is that we unfold um, the the kind of complexity of the game or the depth of the game progressively over time. You shouldn't, you know, give away everything right away, like all the game modes, all the events, uh, the fact that you can be in a club and do... Some duels and and some club events, etc. It should co- It should happen step by step. Uh, that, that's the best way we 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 found to increase our long-term retention, um, uh, and and of course we we and, and we are always trying to find new ways of doing that uh, and to think about. And, but I mean, it's working. If you if you look at the curve of of our people who are engaged in the game for longer and longer times. It's been increasing since we started focusing on this specifically. So, um, yeah, um, because as soon as a player just keeps repeating the same loop over and over, and there is no other progression system, that's that's where you that's where you're going to lose your players, basically.
0: Yeah. Do you guys incorporate uh, Ethan Levy's Tower of One concept at all? I don't, I don't know if you ever heard of that one. I Uh, I, I can say I'll I'll send you an article and it's a presentation he did at GDC that everyone should should definitely go through. And it's kind of like, okay, well, I do this so that I can do this other thing so that I can do this other thing so that I and it like leads you through, you know, this ultimate tower of like what is the player ultimately trying to do Mm -hmm. um, in the game? And uh, I think it can really lead to some compelling design decisions. And I think uh, a learning that uh, he's commented on actually is that, you know, thinking today, like, what are my meta most engaged players going to be doing three years, five years, 10 years from now in my game, that is actually going to be compelling enough for them to keep around. And it allows you to sometimes make some decisions on like, oh, we need to have this sort of a change or this thing. And you don't necessarily have to have all those things, but you can at least have like rough roadmaps of like, hey, we're going to add this type of mechanic that is going to just radically change it. And mm. you can add a lot more depth to the game because I, I think you're right. Like once you get to that stage where like, it's just repetitive, boring, that's where players churn out.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and you can have also recurring events like, like, uh, especially with a uh, season pass or stuff like that. Okay, we're going to raise a new character every every month, but those new characters are going to be in higher and higher arenas. So if you want to access them, you need to be on the right level, but they will be available for free only during this season. and next season will be a new one. So, uh, and and there is a special event every at every season to unlock this character. So you want to be here. Yeah, I mean, you want to be... Uh, advanced enough in the game to be able to access the event, but you also have to be here every month to to, to unlock the event. Um, and then also we should make sure that the event itself kind of evolves over time. It's not always exactly the same event. We can iterate, make it more fun, do it, bring little twists here and there. Uh, we, 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 we don't necessarily do it all the time, but, but it's good that, that you know, um, because people get used to things uh, so fast uh, especially if they are very engaged you know if they play your game two hours a day yeah um, it can get repetitive pretty fast so some people spend certain hours in the game um, which which is great but you know so yeah and I was comparing uh, this idea of the tower uh, in my presentation to the company to explain that concept of of uh um Diversity of of activities and, and progression. I was using the uh, hamburger that was having more and more uh, slices of meat <laughs> into it. It was growing, and growing. So it's kind of the same idea, <laughs> but using food.
0: I like it. I like it. Well, hadrian I feel like we could keep going for uh, a long time. This is so fantastic. I feel like I've learned a ton, and and you've given me some very interesting things to think about. I think you guys are taking like some super interesting approaches and you know given the successes that you have and had and continue to have like I wish you guys the best of luck and I hope that folks that are listening today you know take this back and really give it some go especially that idea of like encouraging everyone on the team to just have those ideas and be a game designer because I think one of the most undervalued assets that we have are the people on our teams and I think the more you can empower them to have cool ideas and stuff like that, like I, I tend to have not that many good ideas, but you know, when we give everyone else on the team to have ideas and, yeah. and actual, so you know, you can do so many amazing things. But uh, before we do go, I do have one last question for you. Of course, since this is the Mastering Retention Podcast. So, what's one tip or trick you've learned over the years to uh, help boost retention? It could be short term, long term. Ultimately, up
1: to you. Um. Wow, okay. Um, <laughs> because I already said so many things about retention. Um, so I think, um, yeah, it, it's what I said before. Basically, it's, 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 uh, it's like what you said about the tower. And, and you also gave me so many ideas. And it was really great exchanging with you because, um, and, and insights. So it's really about giving people uh, goals and visibility. Uh, and it's always it's about the journey so ask yourself uh as a player uh why do you keep playing a game it's because you want to achieve something you you're not playing just for playing you know you, you you want to get somewhere and 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 what's funny i mean i don't want to get too philosophical on this but, but it's the same thing in life you know it's the same thing in everything you you it, it's the way human people walk you know i mean uh, you know it's we always need to have a goal. So, um, and, and if you want people to set goals in your game, um, okay. you need to show them the goals because a lot, of, a lot of times maybe the goal is here, you know, the reward is here, but people don't know about it, you know, or you, you, you didn't uh, show it to the players. So it's also about giving the uh, enough amount of information to drive people towards the, those goals. Um, I think for me it's the most most important thing, um, and and this goal can be anything. It really depends on the game, you know. In, in frag maybe it's going to be uh, being competitive and winning matches, being skilled, uh, and and you know, um, uh, and and maybe being a little bit social in your club, etc. But but in a match street, it might be a completely different thing, you know. It might be just you you want to relax, or it's a challenge, a personal challenge of solving a puzzle yeah so but goals is the key i think to retention
0: it's fantastic i love that so so great having you on hadrian hey, thank you so much uh if people do have any questions or if anyone is an economy designer you know is there a good way that uh, they should reach out to you
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you can reach to to us uh, on on LinkedIn. I think is the best way. Uh, if you if you are a, a talented economy designer and that you're 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 interested by OBB, you like our games, uh, please contact us on uh, OBB at LinkedIn. Follow us, and uh, you can um, contact me uh, as well on LinkedIn, uh, Adrian Carpentier, um, and uh, we would love to to. Uh, give you an interview and and to meet you because we're we're really looking for talented people in, in economy design to help us grow and, and go further. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Have a great one. Thank you very much. It was a really great time. Uh, th- thank you again. <laughs> All right. <laughs>